Bat shalom, brothers and sisters in the faith. Praises be to our loving Abba that we are able to gather once again in the name of his precious son, Yahusha, so that we can render worship that we believe will truly please and glorify him. We know that as we study this series, Thriving Through Suffering, the one thing we are certain about is if we are human beings, we're going to go through suffering. We're going to go through troubles and tribulations in life because all the people of God, even the prophets and those who are considered saints by Yahuwah Abba, every single one of them went through great tribulation in life. However, when they did go through the fiery testing, what they were able to do was come out of it as gold. They were able to thrive through the suffering. And so this is what we need to learn to do, how to cope with, how to handle, how to go through trials so that we can come out as gold like his servant, Job. And so in this series, we talked about Naomi, we talked about Ruth, and we're gonna talk about other people of, other, other people of God who also went through difficult times. And we want to learn principles by which they live by so that we can apply them daily in our life so that we can also go through difficulties and come out as pure gold. So today we'll talk about the life of Job. How many here are familiar with the life of Job? I think every single one here. Yeah, this is why you don't call your kids Job, do you? Nobody here calls their kids Job. We all know what Job went through. But you know, after this lesson today, we're going to say, Job, I want to be like you. We don't want what he went through. We don't want that to happen to us. But we know he came out as gold. So we need to learn from him. But before we can learn from what Job did and what he applied in his life, let us learn first who Job was. So let's begin our studies here in the book of Job 1, 1 down to 3. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. And he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. So who is this Job? The Bible says Job was the greatest man among all the people of the East. So he was a somebody. How great was Job? He had many servants. He had many possessions, livestock, 3,000 sheep, camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys. During those days, that was the measure of their wealth. He was wealthy. He had servants. He also had a loving family. How many kids did he have? Ten kids, uh, seven sons, and three daughters. And they loved Job, and Job loved them. He was a family man, a religious man. But what was the greatest characteristic of Job? even though he was blessed with abundant wealth. Bible says he was blameless, he was upright, he feared Yahuwah God and shunned evil. And so everything was going right for Job. He was blessed materially, he was blessed spiritually. You know when everything's going well for you? You know who wants to destroy your life? You become a target of the enemy, right? Who is that enemy? 
the devil. He roams around looking for people to devour. And so this is what Satan did. And so he's looking for ways to try and destroy the life of Job. And so what happened? Let's read the book of Job 1, 9 to 12. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Yahuwah said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your hands. But on the man himself, do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of Yahuwah. You know, what we read was about what was taking place in heaven. Oftentimes, Yahuwah would hold a council of these celestial beings we call angels, and one of them was, was Satan. You know, the Bible tells us Satan is going around the world, and he's looking at the people of God, and he's trying to destroy them. And so he's looking at Job, and he makes an accusation about Job. What does he say about Job? He says to Yahuwah, the only reason why he's worshiping you is because you blessed him. Because he has tremendous success. Because of his wealth and children and family. That's the only reason why he is faithful to you. But take that away. He's going to curse you to, his face, to your face. This is what Satan says to Yahuwah. But Yahuwah knows better. And so what does Yahuwah say to Satan? All right, I'll give you permission. You can take away everything that he has. Just don't harm him physically. And so this was the agreement. Can you imagine that? Yahuwah Abba and Satan have an agreement. We'll find out later on why Yahuwah agrees to it. But let's stick to what we know so far. Yahuwah agrees. He tells Satan, go ahead, take everything he has. Just don't, don't lay a hand on him. And so after Satan leaves the presence of Yahuwah, what happens to Job? Let's read Job 1, 16, 18 to 19. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants. Want to pause there for a while? A messenger referred to here are the servants of Job because he was a wealthy person. He was like the employer. Here comes an employee approaching him, telling him bad news. His servants go to him one after the other, telling him what is happening concerning his business and his family. And so here's the first servant. The first servant says, the fire of God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. And suddenly... A mighty wind swept in front in from the uh, swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead. And I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. Can you imagine what must have been going on in his head when his servants go to him, telling him not just bad news, not just bad news, but tragic news. Right? The first servant says to him, you lost all of your servants. You lost all of your business. It's like the equivalent today when a person who has multiple businesses throughout the world, maybe he has a lot of stocks, but the, uh, the stock market drops. He loses all of his stocks. 
He loses all of his money. He loses all of his business. He loses all of his employees. He has nothing. He went from wealthy to zero, from riches to rags. This is terrible news for one person to take. But while the servant was telling him this tragic news, here comes another servant. And this was the news he bears is even more problematic. What does he say? Your kids were having a feast, but a mighty wind swept in and the house collapsed and all 10 kids, all 10 of his children, they died on the spot. Not only did he lose his business, his servants, he lost the family he loved. He lost all 10 of his children. And all this was happening, bam, 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 all at the same time. If you were in the place of Job, how would you feel? That's terrible news. That's tragic news. This happened to Job because Yahuwah allowed him to be tested. Job had no idea the reason why this was happening. He just knew it was happening. And so what was his response? And this is something that we need to learn from. The response of Job when this happened to him. What was it? Let's read what it says in the book of Job. 120 to 22. At this Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. And said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. Yahuwah gave, and Yahuwah has taken away. May the name of Yahuwah be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. What was Job's response? When the tragedy came to his life, losing everything he had, including his family. The Bible says Job tore his robe, and he worshipped Yahuwah and praised his name. And Yahuwah in heaven was looking at Job. Satan was awaiting what he would do because Satan said, take away his things, he's going to curse you to his face. What did Job do? Job praised him. Yahuwah gives, Yahuwah takes away. Whatever happens, I will praise you. And Job worshiped and praised Yahuwah despite what happened to him. And so this takes us to our first principle, brothers and sisters. When we go through suffering, what we need to learn from Job is that when we experience tribulation, let us learn to praise and worship our way through it. Question. If good things happen in our life, when we are succeeding in all that we're doing, and we praise and worship Yahuwah, are we giving glory to Yahuwah? Yes or no? Yes. yes. But you know, there's a way by which we can give Yahuwah even more glory. When? If when we're going through suffering, trial and tribulation, yet we worship and praise Him. We give Yahuwah even more glory. That's what Job was able to do. Because of this, what did Yahuwah say to Satan? Let's read Job 2, 3 down to 6. Then Yahuwah said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? 
There's no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil, and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Look what Satan says. Skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give all he has for his own life, but stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. Yahuwah said to Satan, very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. And so when Job praises and worships Yahuwah, despite the tragedy that happened in his life, what did Satan say to Yahuwah? He said, skin for skin. What does that mean? He's telling Yahuwah, well, if you will do something with his body, like a disease, when you harm his physical well-being, strike his flesh and bones, he will surely curse you to your face. And so this is what Satan does. He seeks to destroy the lives of people. When he does not succeed, he will try and try again. And so he goes to Yahuwah and says, if you strike his flesh and his bones, he will surely curse you to your face. And so what does Yahuwah say? Yahuwah, knowing who Job was, he says, go ahead, but keep him alive. And so what happened after this? Let's read Job 2, 7 to 10. So Satan went out from the presence of Yahuwah and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. And Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. And so when Yahuwah agreed with Satan and allowed him to strike the flesh and bones of Job so that he would endure physical pain and anguish, what happened to Job? The Bible says that Job was afflicted with painful sores from his feet all the way to the top of his head. This is not an ordinary sore. It's like a boil. You know what, what it feels like to have a boil on your skin. You barely tap on it, and it gives you a lot of anguishing pain, right? He has his entire body from feet all the way to the top of his head covered with painful boils. He was suffering immensely, so much so, his wife took pity on him. The wife was looking at Job, and she must have felt incredibly helpless. What am I going to do? And it pains her to see her husband suffering so much. And so she tells him, why don't you just curse God and die, right? It's called mercy killing. You've heard of that before? It's when you know your loved one is suffering so much, you just want to kind of pull the plug so that they can find rest. This is what the wife of Job is telling Job to do. Just curse God so that you can die, look at you. Not only are you enduring psychological anguish, now you're enduring physical pain. And so he tells him, curse God and die. But you notice what Job said to his wife? It's amazing. Job says to his wife, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And all this Job did not sin in what he said. This takes us to another principle that we need to apply 
when we go through suffering. What is that? First one, we praise Yahuwah, right? Especially in times of suffering. The next one is we need to learn to accept the troubles and sufferings we experience in life. Because if we don't accept the sufferings that we go through, we begin to think negatively of our Father. And one of the powerful, most powerful things and life-changing things we can do is to learn and practice acceptance. And many and many psychologists, even today, are figuring out the best way to cope with stress and to cope with life's tragedies is by acceptance. What do you mean by acceptance? It is accepting that what is happening to us, in us, even though it's producing great suffering with the help of Yahuwah, it will lead us closer to him so that we can come out as pure go. So we need to alert, accept not just the good things, but even the bad things. If it comes from Yahuwah, it has a purpose. And its purpose is always to make us better. And so Job, he learned acceptance. I came to this earth with nothing naked. I will leave this earth without anything naked. Yahuwah gives, Yahuwah takes, accept even the troubles and sufferings that come our way. And so this is what Job did. And so after doing that, what did Job feel? Let's read the book of Job 3, 10 to 11. This is what it says, 24 down to 26. Curse that night for letting me be born, for exposing me to trouble and grief. I wish I had died in my mother's womb or died in the moment I was born. Instead of eating, I mourn, and I can never stop groaning. Everything I fear and dread comes true. I have no peace, no rest, and my troubles never end. This is Job. When we think of Job, we think of Job who is like a stoic. How many here know what a stoic is? A stoic is one who's like masculine, maybe, and he doesn't have any emotions. Bad things happen, but he's like stone-faced, right? Sometimes people, especially religious people, when bad things happen, they want to kind of deny the pain physically, I mean, emotionally. They want to maybe kind of put it in the back of their minds. They don't really want to feel their pain, right? And so what do they end up doing? Instead of feeling the pain, what happens is they end up rejecting the pain, kind of bringing it... uh, suppressing it instead of expressing it and this leads to a lot of problems but job was a human being you notice what job said you notice how honest he was with himself what did he say he said curse be the day when i was born he was speaking as a human being many people here think of job as this person who was not phased by the trouble he was he was phased by the trouble when he was going through his suffering he was feeling the pain A lot of people don't know that about Job, but he's a human being like you and I as a human being. He felt emotional pain. In fact, he said, I wish I was never born. Sometimes do we make statements like that? I guess it depends on what we're enduring, but this is a, a servant of God who wishes he was already dead, who wishes he was never born. Why? Because all he does is mourn. He says, I can never stop groaning. He was feeling the pain of what he was going through. I have no peace, no rest, and my troubles never. And brethren, 
when we are going through troubling times, it's okay to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to accept the pain and feel and process that emotion. Do not suppress the emotion, process it, right? But after doing that, what did Job do? Which is what we also need to do. Let's read what it says in the book of Job 13, 23. What are my sins? What wrongs have I done? What crimes am I charged with? Why do you avoid me? Why do you treat me like an enemy? You bring bitter charges against me, even for what I did when I was young. Here's Job. And notice how Job feels at this point. He's going through physical and emotional anguish. And then when he prays to Yahuwah, look at what he says in verse 24. What did Job say? Why do you avoid me? Sometimes when we go through suffering and we cry out to Yahuwah, and it feels like, why is like God avoiding me? Why is he far away from me? Here's my question to you, brethren. Was Yahuwah avoiding him here? No. No. You see, Job had no idea that at this point, Yahuwah was all eyes on him. He didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. He had no idea. And so his conclusion was, when he was trying to make sense of what is happening to him, oh, it's because of my sins. But what sins are they? Oh, maybe it was from the sins I have committed when I was a child. And so he was trying to make sense of what was happening to him. And when you try to do that, when we try to make sense of what's happening to us, the more, the worse it gets for us. This is why the best thing to do when we are going through difficult times, be honest with our feelings to ourselves, like what Job did, and be honest with your feelings to who? Yahuwah. It's okay to go to Yahuwah and say, Father, why is this happening to me? Right? What have I done? It's okay. You can be authentic with Yahuwah. The servants of God, they were all authentic. They were sincere. When they prayed to Yahuwah, they poured out their hearts to Yahuwah. We're going through something difficult. Feel the pain. And then go to Yahuwah and pour out your heart to him. This is what Job did. And Yahuwah took notice of that. And after pouring out his heart to Yahuwah, what did Job also do? Let's read what it says in the book of Job 23, 10 down to 12. But he knows where I'm going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. For I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. And so what did Job decide to do? Because he was going through tragedy emotional suffering physical suffering what did he decide to do he said i'm going to come out as pure gold you see when we're going through something difficult know this yes we accept what Yahuwah allows to happen in our life but at the same time keep in mind it's not going to be forever it's like a dark cloud that passes right you know sometimes when there's a dark cloud overhead 
and it's beginning to rain. You begin to think, oh, this is going to last forever. People, when they go through suffering, they have this feeling it's going to last forever. This is the end of me. Well, what surely happens? Like a dark cloud, it passes, right? It's eventually going to pass. The suffering we're going through right now, eventually it's going to pass. We go through it. What do we need to do? What should we be determined to do? When we come out, we come out what? It's pure gold. Why does the Bible say when we go through testing, we come out as pure gold? Because the purpose of testing is to refine us, to teach us that Yahuwah is enough. And so how can we bear going through the fiery testing of suffering and trial? Job says, I have treasured your words more than and that's the secret brothers and sisters are we going through something difficult now turn to your holy scriptures have your favorite biblical passages how many here have a list of favorite biblical passages we ought to have that there's so many beautiful biblical passages that inspire encourage and strengthen we need to have our own collection because Job, when he was going through that, he treasured the words of God more than his daily food. We need to do the same thing so that we can come out as pure gold. We're going to pass through suffering. But as we pass through suffering, are we going to be bitter? Or are we going to be golden? It all depends on what we do. Let's treasure the words of Yahuwah Abba. And so that's the other thing we need to do. When we go through suffering, we praise and worship Yahuwah. We learn to accept what's happening in our life. We do not suppress our emotion. We express them and we go to God and pour out our hearts. And we focus on the outcome of the suffering because it's going to end. Yahuwah has a plan at the end of the tunnel. And what is that outcome that Yahuwah has for each one of us? Let's read the book of James Chapter 5, 10 to 11, brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of Yahuwah. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what Yahuwah finally brought out. Yahuwah is full of compassion and mercy. Brethren, what does Yahuwah have Plan for his servants as they come out of their great suffering in life. Bible says, Yahuwah, in his compassion and mercy, he's going to bring something good out of it. You notice that? And this is what we need to remember. We're going through suffering. You're not alone. You may think and feel that you're alone, but no. Yahuwah is there and he's working something out. He's working in us and through us to make sure when we come out, there's blessing that awaits each and every one of us, what only do we need to do? We need to persevere, just like Job, just like the prophets of old. None of us are spared from suffering. We go through all of that, but all of us can go through it thriving by persevering and holding on to Yahuwah Abba. Yahuwah had good plans for Job. You know what happened at the latter parts of Job's life? Let's read the book of Job 42, 12 to 13. Yahuwah blessed. The last part of Job's life, even more than he had blessed the first. Job owned 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 2,000 head of cattle, and 1,000 donkeys. 
He was the father of seven sons and three daughters. Job lived a hundred and forty years after this, long enough to see his grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and then he died at a very great age. Job went through a lot, but at the latter part of his life, Yahuwah blessed him. How did he bless Job? The Bible says he was blessed even more than at the first. What's the proof? Look at what he owns in the later parts of his life. 4,000 sheep. How many sheep did he start out with? You still remember? 7,000, right? He now has 6,000 camels. How many camels did he used to have? 3,000. 2,000 head of cattle. How many did he used to have? 1,000. 1,000 donkeys. How many did he used to have? 500. Do you see a pattern? What did Yehudah do with his, with his possessions? What did he do? He doubled them. He prospered Job twice as much compared to what he had before, right? And look at uh, what did God do with his kids? What did the Bible say? He gave him double. Did he give him 20 children? Seven sons and three daughters. Why did Yahuwah not give him 20? Because he did not really lose his first 10 children. Yahuwah was telling Job, oh, you're going to see them again. And so I'm not going to give you 20 children. You're going to see the 10 children that you lost. And in all of this, the Bible says he died at a very great age. Job had no idea this was going to happen to him. But he did not give up, did he? And this is what we need to learn about Job's life. You know, at the end, when Israel was in captivity, and Yahuwah was speaking to Ezekiel, and he was telling the people of Israel, Israel was in captivity. There were three people in the history of Israel that kind of stood out for Yahuwah. You know who those three people were? Number one was Noah. The other one was Daniel. The other one was who? Job. Thousands of people have come and gone. But Yahuwah was still thinking about who? Job. Because Job loved he held on to him. And this is what we need to learn to practice then, right? Are we going through suffering now? Let's praise and worship Yahuwah, especially in suffering. We can say to Yahuwah, Abba, Father, I feel a great burden. I'm going through this tragedy, but no matter what happens, I will worship you nonetheless. I will never give up praising you. Accept what he has to offer us. Father, I'm going through this condition, this health condition, but it brings me closer to you. I accept it. Let us express our grief and our pain. Go to Yahuwah and pour out our hearts and focus on the outcome, what Yahuwah has planned for each and every one of us. You know, when we study the book of Job, a lot of people ask, well, why did Yahuwah fall for Satan's trap? Have you thought about that? Why would Yahuwah fall for Satan's trap? 
Question, did he fall for Satan's trap? No. You know why? Yahuwah knew all along what Job was capable of. Remember, Yahuwah will not allow us to be tested beyond our ability to endure. When he saw Job, he saw his heart, he saw his character. He knew this is the man. He didn't fall for Satan's trap. As a matter of fact, what Yahuwah was doing, he handpicked Job to show Satan, to show the people today that there are in fact people who will love Yahuwah no matter what, even when they're going through difficult times. And even today, many of us are like Job in that sense. And so when we're going through suffering, when we're going through unbearable, unbearable pain, what should we do? Let's read the final passage of our studies today. The book of Zechariah 13, verse 9. This third I will bring into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. And they will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people. And they will say, Yahuwah is our God. Are we going through suffering now? Are we going through painful experiences now? What should we remember? The Bible says, Yahuwah knows. In fact, he told us in advance, we're going to go through that. What did he say in prophecy? There are two things that Yahuwah told us in advance that will happen to us. What are they? What's number one? He says, we will be refined like silver is refined and tested like gold is tested. Is this happening now? Yeah. We should not be surprised. Yahuwah prophesied it long ago, but he also mentioned in the prophecy what we are going to do. What did it say? We're going to call on his name. We're going to cry out to him. And Yahuwah will say, they are my people. And we will say, Yahuwah is our God. And so before we pray together as a congregation, why not go to Yahuwah and say to him, Yahuwah Abba, I am here. I'm going through events in my life that I cannot make any sense of. Sometimes I don't know what to do. I want to be strong. But you know I am weak. Father Yahuwah, be my strength. Cry out unto him. And after crying out unto him, say to Yahuwah, whatever happens to me, so be it. What matters to me the most is that you will be my God. And no matter what happens to me, even if you slay me, like what Job said, yet will I trust you and cling to you and hope on you. You see, Yahuwah knows all of this is going to happen. But he also knows we're going to cry out unto him. And the moment we cry out unto him, he's going to say, you are my people. You are my son. You are my daughter. And he will take care of us and strengthen us so that we too can come out like gold and experience the power and presence of Yahuwah. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Abba, almighty Yahuwah, your people are here. Thank you for your message. We believe that we cannot see you behind the scenes.
you are always working, always thinking about each and every one of us. This is because you can. You are not limited by time and space. You are omnipotent and omnipresent. You know exactly the pain we feel in our hearts. You know the suffering we go through. You know the questions we ask in our minds. Father, when you see your people approaching you and pouring out our hearts in you, when we surrender because of what we are feeling, and when we become honest and authentic, when we pray to you, loving Father, do not reject us. Do not be far from us. We know you are never far. You are always near, especially to the brokenhearted. And so we gather before you now. We cry unto you, Yahuwah, Yahuwah, be with us now. Send your spirit now. Comfort us, please. That's all we really need. We accept what life has to give us because we know this goes through you. Whatever you want to give us, we praise you. We thank you and worship you. But also, Father, we ask, remember our loved ones, those who have not yet turned to you, those who have not yet seen what you can do. Help them and open their eyes that they will also learn to trust you for all things and become strong in their faith. Bless our children. Bless our grandchildren. Give them the experience of your presence. Help them to feel your abiding presence. Walk with them. Be with them at all times that they'll be able to overcome all things. Our King Yahushua, you are our Mashiach. We want to follow your good example. Be in our midst now. There's so many things we want to tell you. Some of us are enduring physical pain. Some of us are going through medical conditions one after the other. Yahushua, you have power over heaven and earth. All it takes is for you to pronounce that word and we are healed. Heal us. Please, loving King, our Master, may you command our healing now from all over the world. Those who belong to you, may you please raise your hands upon us. Bless us in your own special way and completely heal your servants. Father, thank you for listening to our prayers. Thank you for the blessings that we enjoy. Continue to watch over our steps that we may all reach the promised land and enjoy your presence in full. We believe, Father, you have listened to our prayers. For we ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen.